Well, bienvenidos, Iglesia. Welcome, church. My name is Adam, and I'm one of the ministers here at FCC, and it's so good to be with you today. Um, we're in a series right now that we're calling It's Just a Phase, and you picked the perfect day to join us. In the series, we've been talking about different phases of life, and specifically, we're talking about the opportunities that come with each of those phases because each of those phases provide opportunities for us to become the people that God intends for us to be. This phrase is just a phase. How we finish this phrase makes all the difference. We can say, ah, it's just a phase. You'll get through it. And we'll, we'll see obstacles that just stand in the way of our next steps. Or we can say, oh my gosh, the phase that you're in right now is just a phase and it's going to pass. So don't miss it. How we finish this phrase matters. And today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite phases. But before we get to that, I've just got to say, um, if you didn't hear last week's message, you should go back and listen to it. My friend Janet talked to us about the phase of crisis and the different ones that come up in our lives. And so if you find yourself in a moment of crisis right now, maybe this is the first time you didn't make the team. Maybe um, you're in that phase where you've just graduated college and you're not sure, quite sure what to do next, or you're in any of the other crises that come up in life. You should check out that message from my friend Janet. I think you'll find it really helpful. And today we're talking about the phase of life that's been my favorite for years. Um, it's especially become my favorite phase over the last two years, most definitely. And notice that I didn't say it's the easiest phase or the least anxiety-inducing phase or the least stressful phase, but it is my favorite phase nonetheless. Today, we're talking about the phase of raising kids. We're talking about parenting. We're talking about grandparenting. We're talking about small group leading and class teaching and mentoring. Um, we're talking about it because raising kids is awesome. It's a unique phase. It's a frustrating phase at times. It's joyful. It can be stressful, and sometimes, somehow, it can be all of those things on any given day. And today, we're talking about raising kids, but this message isn't just for parents. This message is for anyone who was a kid, um, who is a kid, uh, who is raising kids, um, who is connected to the lives of kids in some way, um, or to people who should be invested in the next generation. And I'll just tell you, I think that list includes all of us in this room. I think there's something for all of us as we talk about the phase of raising kids today. And since we're talking about the phase of raising kids, I feel like I'm obligated to share a picture of the one who's taught me way more about this than I ever could have imagined um, the one who made Allison and I parents. So this little guy up front, this is our son, Jack, and he's camping with some of his friends at daycare. He's going to be two at the end of this month, and it feels like time is flying by quicker than I ever imagined it would. And there are days, um, there are days where it feels like the time is going really slow, and there are days where it feels like the time is going really fast. But over the past two years, I've learned a couple of things. The first thing I've learned is that I knew way less about parenting than I thought I did, right? Um, every, all of us have opinions about raising kids until we actually have a kid or we start investing in the lives of kids and then we realize, oh, 
it's not as simple as I thought it was going to be. I've learned that. I've also learned something else, that parenting, that raising kids is wonderfully complicated. It is. It's tricky to navigate the phases of life, and especially the phase of raising kids. And I think it's especially difficult right now, because all of us in this room Um, We're all in different phases of life, but there is one phase that we're kind of all in and we're all navigating together. And I don't know where you find yourself as you come in today, but I bet, I have this hunch that you might be feeling a little more burdened and a little more heavy than you did in years past. It just feels like there's a lot going on in our world right now. And I I just wanna encourage you. I need to take a moment before we dive into the message for today to encourage you. Uh, I want you to know that your church sees you. Your church sees you in whatever phase that you're in, but parents specifically, your church sees you. We know that you're facing decisions. We know that you're carrying baggage that others just may not understand unless they're right there in the middle of it with you. We know the past 18 months have been full of challenges and stresses and anxieties that very few generations in history have had to navigate. And so in the middle of all of this, we want you to know also that your church is with you. Your church is with you in the middle of this. We believe every parent wants to be a great parent, and we believe that you are the best person to raise your kids. And we're praying for you, and we're here to support you because we know that you have the most influence in your kid's life, and we know that burden most likely feels a little bit heavier than it did two years ago. And so some encouragement to all of you this morning. Uh, The first thing is don't do this phase alone, especially right now. All of us, whether we're trying to figure out parenting, whether we're trying to figure out retirement, whether we're trying to figure out whatever phase we're in, we need someone or a group of people who are in our corner who can sit with us and say, oh my gosh, I know, right? Isn't this crazy? We need people like that. And it's tempting in the phase that we're in right now, to close ourselves off from others, but that's the exact opposite thing we need to do. We need to be doing this phase with other people. And I want to encourage you to get help. Parents, I hope you'll get the help you need to be the best parent you can be for your kids. Don't be afraid to reach out to a minister, uh, to a counselor, or to your doctor if the burden of all of this is just a little bit too much. And I want to encourage you to lean in to your church because God has given this amazing gift that is the church community and we should lean into it. So if you're you're navigating some difficult stuff today, if you're carrying a heavy burden today, don't leave without talking to somebody. Stop by the connection kiosk. Come see us up front after service. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to listen to you. And we'd love to help you get connected to people who are navigating the same things that you're navigating. In this phase um, where it's hard to see the opportunities through the obstacles, I want to encourage you to keep going, get help, and lean in to others. And I believe you'll be glad you did. Now, back to parenting. Uh, I've picked up a lot of ideas that I'm going to be sharing with you today um, from two people, um, a guy named Reggie Joyner and a lady named Kristen Ivey, who are amazing individuals. I've heard them talk about parenting and ministry to parents over the la- many times over the last decade. And they've really shaped the way that I think about ministry to kids and students, and they've shaped my own parenting journey with Jack. And so as you are, as we're going through our message today, 
If there are ideas that you like or images that you like or things that you want to look at a little bit more or you don't want to miss today, then I want to encourage you to stop by and grab a copy of this book from the library. Or if you're watching online, you can grab a copy online, and it's called Don't Miss It, Parent Like Every Week counts. In fact, we actually, we love this book so much that we actually give it out to all of our new families at our parent-child dedication because it's just such an easy and accessible read. So and pick up a copy of that if that's something that you're interested in on your way out the door. And today I want you to know uh, I'm not going to be talking about any specific parenting strategy or raising kids strategy, but instead we're going to look at ways we can make the most of every opportunity that this phase provides. Because what I know and what you likely know is that there are strategies for raising kids. There are many different ones as there are people. But there's one thing that remains true about parenting. At its core, the phase of parenting is all about time and how we use that time. So I've got, I've got an illustration that might help us with this today. I've got some jars of marbles up here, and each of these marbles represents a week in the life of a kid. So this first jar has 936 marbles in it. That is the number of weeks that we have with a kid from the time they're born to the time that they graduate high school. 936 weeks. Now, if you look at this jar, this is a lot of marbles, right? Even I was worried about bringing these up on stage and holding them because if I dropped this, they would scatter all over the stage. There are a ton of marbles in this jar. And at the onset of the journey of parenting, when we start investing in the lives of the next generation, this feels like a lot. And oftentimes it feels like a lot more than 936 marbles. It feels like a lot on those late nights when you've had no sleep. It feels like a lot when a child can't do anything for themselves. It feels like an eternity when you can't figure out where that smell is coming from and you can't remember the last time that you showered. It feels like a lot. I'm somewhere in here right now. I'm not quite here to this jar yet, but I've already lost about 100 weeks with Jack. And those 100 weeks on days of super cute pictures like the one up there, it feels like those hundred marbles, I'm losing them faster than I can count, and I just want to do everything I can to hold on to them. And on the flip side of that, with my, 830, my 837 marbles sometimes feel like a whole lot of marbles. Because there are days when I'm just exhausted. There are days when I'm trying to keep Jack from eating dog food out of the dog food bowl. And there are days where if I think I'm going to snap, if I hear, no mine, it feels like a lot of time, but it passes quickly. I had one parent share this wisdom with me right before Jack was born that stuck out with me. They've said, the days are long, but the weeks are short. And you've probably felt this before if you've been engaged in the life of kids. You know this is true. There are days when you're just watching the clock waiting for bedtime, right? It's okay to admit it. There are days where, where the day just started. You're not even out the door for the first thing of the day yet, and you just think, oh, I just need this day to be over. There are nights where there are days and nights when you're leading a small group or you're teaching a class, and you just think, oh, is it time for them to go home yet? Right? There are days where this happens. Um, but at the end of the year, when we look back or at the end of a phase, we look back and we wonder, where did the time go? Because it seems to pass quickly. 
936 seems like a lot. But then think about it. If your child is nine or older than nine, if, you, if your child is nine, you've already lost half of your marbles. And suddenly all you have left is 468 marbles. That's only 468 weeks. That's only 468 weekends. It's only 468 lazy Saturdays or Sundays to worship together. And then before you know it, they're in middle school. They've grown up right before your eyes, and you've only got 312 marbles left, and this is go time. This is where it gets real. If, if, uh, if parenting is like laying a foundation, the middle school is when the concrete has been poured and it is drying. And when it dries, it's going to be what it's going to be unless without a lot of effort and a lot of mess after that. So this phase is so important. And this is why we believe by the time you get to this phase, by the time you get to middle school, it's so super important for your family to be engaged in all church worship together, to be worshiping together. Because we believe, and research supports, that the, the number one factor in a lifelong faith, and a faith that sticks, is a faith that's rooted in all church worship. And so keep that in mind as you go throughout your days. And then in middle school, after middle school, you've only got about six summer vacations left, and the time just seems to pass more and more quickly. And you can choose to approach the reality of this phase in a couple of ways. You can choose to approach it in a... Adam, Adam yeah. I'm so sorry. You're doing a great job, but you, you left out one of the, the jars there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I kind of did that on purpose. Well, I mean, you don't you think you should talk about all four jars? Yeah, but I know that's the phase that you're in, and I know that's the phase of like parents of seniors. Oh, that's her and fault. our rumor in that's that's that, her fault. That jar only has 52 marbles left in it, and I just didn't want to put that on you. Like yeah. I figured you, and then they'd get all weepy, yeah. and I just I didn't really want to have so that. So this on was me. this was all just so I wouldn't cry. Is that why you skipped this? Really? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That isn't very many marbles. Yeah, you think not. you've got a lot of marbles in that jar for Jack. Could I have some of those, maybe? Uh, absolutely not. What? They're my marbles with <laughs> Jack. You're, you're going to waste half those marbles anyway. Like, you know <laughs> it. You know it. All right, okay, I'll let you get back to your sermon. But this is my jar. That's why he skipped it, to save my feelings. 52 <laughs> marbles left for my youngest. And, in fact, we're like six weeks into school, so it's not even 52. What do we decide? It's 47 <coughs> left, 47, right? yep. 47 marbles I've got left. I'll just tell you, if you've got a kid who's younger than this, ask somebody my age if they wish they'd made better use of their marbles. You know what I'm saying? That's all. Okay, give, you get back to it. Make good use of your marbles, folks. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Ethan. So we can choose to respond to the reality of this phase, the phase of raising kids and the phase of parenting, in a couple of different ways. Uh, the first way we can do it is through the lens of obstacles. We can say, oh, it's just a phase. You're going to get through it. And you can endure this phase and just there's, there's better stuff ahead. You can choose to adopt a it's just a phase. You can get through it mentality. You can do that. And I promise you, you will get through it. But I can also promise you that you'll look back and realize that you missed out on a lot. Or there's another way to consider this, the way that we want to encourage you to consider it today, to say, this is just a phase, and I don't want to miss it. This time is passing quickly, and yes, it's difficult, and it's messy, but it's also wonderful, and I don't want to miss it. 
that's the one that we want you to lean into today. And that's what I'm going to spend the rest of my time talking about. Um, Because here's what I want you to consider today. Time is marching forward. Whether we want it to march forward or not, um, whether we're counting it or not, and the way that we make the most of our time is by counting our time. And regardless of the phase that you're in right now, whether you're in the parenting phase or you're in another phase, when we count our time, we'll make our time count. I love what Kristen Ivey and Reggie Joyner say in this little book that I mentioned to you earlier. They say, when we see how much time we have left, we tend to do more with the time we have now. And this isn't just a nice idea that these guys came up with by staring at marbles. This is from the Bible. People have been observing this principle for thousands of years. In fact, there's a psalmist who's reflecting on the passing of time. They're reflecting on how short humanity's time is on earth, and in in response to our finiteness, they look to God and they pray, God, teach us to number our days so we can have a wise heart. When facing this unstoppable passing of time, the author says, God, in light of the short time that I have here, Help me lean in and learn what there is to be learned from each day. Because they knew what we know, that wisdom comes from numbering our days, from counting our time, and from making the most of every opportunity. And we've seen the same principle at work in the passage that's kind of become the theme passage for this series. Uh, Paul is talking to Christians in Ephesus, and he's encouraging them to live their lives with love. He's encouraging them to live as a light in a dark world, in a world plagued with darkness. And he says, so be careful to live your life wisely, not foolishly. Take advantage of every opportunity because these are desperate times or these are evil times. Paul knew that the key to living, to being light in a world plagued with darkness wasn't to withdraw and endure, but rather to press in and make every moment, to make every week, to make every opportunity count. And we know this instinctually, don't we? People have always cared about counting their time um, because we all know that that's how we make our time count. This is why we celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and graduations and all of those things because when we count our time, we realize how valuable it is. And that's doubly, triply, quadruply true when it comes to the first 18-ish years of someone's life. And this idea is so important and it's so essential to parenting and to raising kids uh, because our marbles are going to be taken from us whether we want them to be taken or not. They're going to get counted whether we're the ones counting them or not. And so how do we engage the opportunities that come with the phase of parenting rather than retreating from the obstacles? And I know what you're thinking. Here it comes, Adam. Um, why do you have to put this on us today? Like you just talked about all the burdens that we're carrying and now you're gonna make me think about this today? I mean, I know you're gonna ask me to do something, but I'm kind of listening to you, but I'm thinking of the week ahead and all of the stuff that comes with the week ahead. And don't you know how much we have to do? It's, our time already feels like it's gone. We've got work and school and homework and sports and dance and a hundred other commitments And sometimes we're just trying to keep our heads above water and make sure we don't royally mess up our kids, right? Sometimes that's what we're trying to do. And I know you're thinking, I know you're going to tell me I have to do one more thing, and Adam, I just don't see that happening, so I'm just going to tune out now. But I don't think you need to add anything to your calendar. 
In fact, there, there, there maybe is one thing. If, if your child isn't involved in FCC kids or FCC students, then I definitely think you need to find a way to get them connected in those worlds because that community is so important. As this foundation is being built, they need community with others and they need caring adults other than their parents to invest in them. And that's what they'll find in FCC kids and students. I don't think you need to add anything to your calendar, but I simply want to encourage you to consider a change to what you do while you do what you do. And here's what I mean by that. I don't want to be the judge and the jury over how you spend your time, but I do know that what you do as you go makes all the difference. It makes all the difference because you, parents, are the primary influencer of your child's faith. On our best days, Ministers will make an impact, and small group leaders will definitely make an impact as well, but our influence pales in comparison to yours because you have one ingredient, you have one factor that we just don't have and that we can't have, and that factor is time. You're the ones who are there for almost every single one of these weeks. You're the ones who are there when kids wake up in the morning, as you get ready for school together. Um, you're the ones at every sporting event, uh, most sporting events, at every, most every recital. You're the ones who are there at night before bed. You're the ones who are there for countless meals every weekend and every vacation. You have greater influence because you have more time. And what you do with that time as you go matters. So how do you leverage that time? We're not left to figure this out on our own. There's this guy named uh, Moses who this week I'm convinced is the greatest parent in all of history. And I'm convinced Moses is the greatest parent in history because he was in charge of parenting an entire nation. If you go back early in the Bible to the book of Exodus, you find that God called a guy named Moses to lead the Israelites, God's chosen people, out of slavery in Egypt. And the journey that ensues after their freedom takes 40 years. And that time, that time wandering in the wilderness is a time where God uses Moses to essentially parent the people of Israel, to prepare them for what comes when they get to the promised land. And in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses talks about parenting a lot. In fact, most of this book, most of this, this fifth book of the Bible, Deuteronomy, is about cultivating a multi-generational faith. And he says something similar in two different places that I want us to look at. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, he says this. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your being, and all your strength. These words that I'm commanding you today must be, always be on your minds. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you're sitting around your house and when you're out and about, when you're lying down and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hand as a sign. They should be on your forehead as a symbol. Write them on your house's door frames and on your city's gates. And he says almost the exact same thing a couple chapters later as if to say, listen, this is it. Don't miss it. Come back to this time. And again, if you want to build a legacy of faith, this is what you've got to do. He says, place these words I'm speaking on your heart and in your very being. Tie them on your hand as a sign. They should be on your forehead as a symbol. Teach them to your children by talking about them when you're sitting around the house and when you're out and about, when you're lying down and when you're getting up. Write them on your house's door frames and on your city's gates. Do all that so your days and your children's days on the fertile land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors are many. Indeed, as many as the number of days that the sky has been over the earth. And so Moses says that the secret 
to making your time count is an as-you-go kind of discipleship. This is how we pass on a legacy. This is how we shape another generation. And it's so important that he says it twice. He wants us to understand how essential this is. He says, if you want to make your time with your kids count, you've got to make the most of every opportunity. Notice that he doesn't say you have to manufacture new opportunities. He doesn't say add this and this and this and do this and do that. No, he, it's simply, he says, talk about these things as you go. Every time you're sitting around your house, he says, make your time count. When you're going through each day's tasks, make your time count. When you're getting ready for the day, make your time count. When you're eating together, make your time count. When you're winding down at the end of the day, make your time count. As you go throughout your days together, Moses says, make your time count. And think about how, we, how you normally spend the moments that Moses is talking about in this passage. How do you spend your time when you've all got some downtime around the house together at home? How do you spend your time when you're on your way from school or practice or whatever? How do you spend your time together when you're in the, morning, in the mornings or at dinner time or right before bed? Not that you have to count every single second of every single day or you're a complete parenting failure, um, but I bet there's something on that list. I bet there's one thing on that list you, maybe that you looked at and you thought, oh, that thing, that time, I can make that time count. And so Moses gives us some things in this passage to help us begin counting our time today, whether we have nine, nine marbles left or 900 marbles left. He says, make the most of your time while you're eating together. So maybe for you, that looks like leveraging a meal time to catch up. I know one family who sets a standard that they're going to have four dinners together a week. They've got high school kids, and so sometimes that can be a little bit tricky. But whether they're sitting at the dinner table at home or they're all crammed in a car at a fast food place eating before they shoot off into a bunch of different directions, they choose to eat together. He says, make the most of your time while you're sitting around the house. Maybe for you, this could look like, to a, look like a family screenless time. I know one family who puts their devices away during dinner, and they catch up on their days, or they talk about the week ahead. Or maybe, I know of some families who, an hour before everyone goes to bed, they spend time doing something together. And sometimes that's, they're all reading different books in the same room, or they may be watching something together, or they may spend some time outside um, together, but they do something together. They're all sharing the same experience. Moses says, while you're resting, make the most of the time that you have. Maybe for you, you need to develop a ritual around whatever your slow day is. I don't know about you, but I hate it when I get to the end of, my slow day is typically Saturday, and I hate when I get to the end of my Saturday, and I look around and wonder, where did my time go? That's what happens when we don't count our time. And so maybe you need to develop a ritual around your slow day. Maybe it's Sunday for you. Maybe it could look like going to church together, a screenless lunch when you, go, um, when you go out to lunch after church. Nobody's looking at their phones. Maybe it's a shared afternoon activity. Maybe it's just some time where you get together and say, hey, what does the next week look like for us? What's coming up? Maybe you need to build breaks into your calendar. Moses says, remember holy days. And those days weren't just built into their, into their days. They were built into their calendar as holidays that caused them to pause and reflect on what mattered most. 
And so maybe you need to consider building some breaks into your calendar, leveraging holidays a little bit better. Or maybe you just need to say, hey, every day we're going to have one meaningful connection with one another. Maybe one day a week we're going to take a family day, or once a quarter we're going to take a weekend and get, get away together. Um, maybe we're just going to commit that nothing is going to get in the way of us taking some sort of vacation together every year. And one thing you could do right now to make the most of the time that you have left is to serve together. In fact, this is one of the most effective things you can do to make your time count. And there's a perfect opportunity coming up here in a couple weeks. There's this thing called Love JC happening on Saturday, September 25th. And there are all sorts of projects that you can do. You can do them as a family. You can do them in person. There are some from-home activities that you could participate in as well. And this is a city-wide movement of churches who are going to be serving together on that day. And so if you're interested in that, you can sign up online um, or stop by the connection kiosk and talk to someone on your way out the door today. It doesn't really matter what you do. It's just what you do while you do what you do that matters. The days are long, but the weeks are short. When you're tired, when you're frustrated, when you're, in, when you're exhausted, when you're second-guessing yourself, remember that I only have 52 weeks to know my two-year-old as a two-year-old. I only have 12 months to know my 12-year-old as a 12-year-old. I've only got whatever number of weeks left before I send my child into the next phase of their lives. So to, today, friends, with all of that in mind, I hope you'll count your time so that you make your time count. Whether you have parents or not, whether, or whether you have kids or not, um, whether you're in that weird phase between adolescence and adulthood or your kids have moved out, you have a choice. Are you going to count your time? Are you going to make the most of every opportunity? Or are you going to get caught up in the obstacles and let your time be counted for you? And this is true for all of us, not just parents. Um, if you're, maybe for you it looks like investing your time in others uh, by, by investing in the lives of other kids, by parenting, partnering with parents as small group leaders and coaches and mentors and class teachers and all of those things. And those are so super important because every child needs more people than their parents in their corner. Maybe you need to leverage your time, count your time by serving your community. And there's a place at Love JC for you as well. Maybe you need to make the most of the time you have with your community of people by being present with them. Maybe for you it looks like investing your time in things that make you better, not just things that make you feel better. Maybe you need to be strategic with your calendar where you leave space for Sabbath or leave space for celebration or leave space so that you can be present as you go because if you don't count it, it won't happen. Count your time so that you make your time count because some amazing things happen when we start to count our time. We become a little more patient. We start to see the long game, and suddenly this week or the, the next month or the next year doesn't seem as intense and as a demanding. We start to see the long game. We start to see opportunities, not obstacles. We become a little more intentional. We put our phones down. We log off a little sooner. We actually use our vacation days. Who would have thought we would actually do that? Uh, when we make the most of these moments that happen, like all of a sudden, when we start to count our time, we make the most of the moments that happen unexpectedly as we go. And we get to see God show up and work in some amazing ways. We start to experience a life full of opportunities. Isn't that the life that all of us want? Let me pray for us.
God, you're so good to us. You're generous and loving and kind. And this morning, God, we are grateful for the time that we have. We pray that you would help us, inspire us, motivate us with your spirit to make the most of the time that we have. God, call to mind this idea as we go throughout our weeks. Call to mind this idea when the burden seems too heavy or we start to get frustrated and anxious. God, please call these, this idea to mind. Help us count our time so that we make our time count. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Adam. It's a good word and a good reminder. Whether you're raising kids or grandkids or not, you have a relationship that is running out of marbles, don't you? It might be a work colleague. might be a neighbor. You might not even know you're running out of marbles, but every relationship you have is slowly running out of marbles. And what God's Word says is just make the most of your marbles, you know? I love that line Adam kept saying, it's not about what you do, it's about what you do while you do whatever it is you do. It's about the, the, the intentionality of making the moments you've got matter. Go back to that list from Moses. It's so important. He repeats it twice, you know. Go back. When you're sitting down, when you're getting up, when you're going out, when you're going in, when you're at the house, when you're away. If you're wondering, if you need some allies with you, if you're wondering what next steps like that, might look like for you, if you want to get connected with some people, make sure on the way out the door today, stop by the connection kiosk, talk to somebody. Adam and I will be down here. You can come talk to us. If you need some help or how you can make the most of the, the marbles you've got left, we'd love to talk to you about that would look like. If you're worshiping with us online, uh, go to the chat box. You can get connected there or email info at fcc-jc.org, and we can get connected with you there. If you're prepared to give today, if that's part of how you are ready to worship God today, you can do that in the boxes on the way out the door. You can also do that online. We make it very easy. As we head out today, I want to get, get your attention to a couple of announcements before I send you out the door here. Uh, you heard Adam mention Love JC. Uh, it's this great thing. We would love for just hundreds of us to say, yeah, We'll take a Saturday and try and pour some love into our city. You know, we are still, as a, as a people, operating under a huge love deficit. Everybody is wounded and tired and weak right now. And the only way we fix that is by pouring love in. And it turns out it, it just boomerangs back, and you get more love too. So do that. Sign up for that. Uh, you can, you, all those sign-ups are online. The date for that is September 25th. I also want you to know, you may recall last November, and for about three months, we prayed every Sunday evening uh, at the Johnson City Medical Center just because uh, it was kind of the, the last peak of COVID. Well, we actually, I think it's a really powerful testimony. We actually got a request from the hospital. Would you please come back and pray for us? Uh, because it meant so much to them, and they're feeling the pressure again, and you know our community is feeling the pressure again right now from that. Uh, so that relaunches tonight at 7 p.m. It's super easy. Get there a couple minutes early, parking kind of the back of the parking lot near the Ronald McDonald house, and just turn your headlights on so they know you're praying for them. We just pray for 20 minutes, and then when we're done, uh, we head out. 
This Wednesday night is when our fall calendar kicks off. We've got Kid Venture for Kids and Student Ministry Nights for middle school and high school age. Um, for adults right here in the sanctuary, my dad and I are going to be teaching through the prison epistles. We'll be starting with Philippians. Uh, so that starts this Wednesday night. If you're interested in that, there's stuff for everyone. Also, uh, it's in the bulletin, but I just want to make sure you noticed it. Um, the choir concert, which was to have been September 12th, is going to be slightly postponed just because we got a bunch of quarantines in there and it's messed up our rehearsal schedule. I don't have that new date for you yet. I expect I'll have it to tell you by next week. But we're going to postpone that a little bit just so we can make sure we're ready and all have a, able to have a good time at the choir concert. All right, let me right now close in prayer and send you out with a blessing. God, fill us with your spirit and your strength. Send us from this place with eyes that are open to see the opportunity that you give us. Let us now, in this present moment, count our time so that in the moments to come, we will make our time count. I pray for everybody who, like me, is staring at a relationship with not many marbles left, just a few weeks, that you would uh, help us to have the diligence to make those moments count. Give us the grace for any time we've wasted in the past, and just let us, right now, just go forward and make the moments we have count for you. We pray that it, for all of us, we would recognize that the relationships you've give us, given us are precious and they're fleeting and temporary and that we would use the time you've given us for blessing and goodness and glory and gospel and we wouldn't waste a minute of it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Send us forward in your strength. Amen. God bless, church. Have a great week.